0: Live presented by Kallida Health. Welcome into One Bills Live, a Thursday edition of One Bills Live. Another short show for us today, just one hour, as the Sabres are in their NHL draft. You guys heard from Marty and Duffer. They've been doing a great job covering the draft over in Nashville. Maddie Glab here with you today, alongside CBS Sports Draft and NFL analyst. Chris Trapasso, who joins us for the next two days. Excited to have you next to me. I know it's a little bit of an off season for you as well. You were on like crazy during the NFL yeah. draft. We had you on a bunch And fast forward to the end of June and here we are. And and I hope you're getting a nice break as a lot of our other colleagues in the industry are right now.
1: Yeah. It's definitely time to play some golf, to be with the family (laughs) a little more. There's times during the football season. And for me during the draft season where it's like, I don't see my family as much as I would like to, but it's kind of like a fun feeling right now because the last season is behind us. You're kind of looking ahead to September. Uh, the weather's nice. So it's kind of like a fresh start that I'm really looking forward to, I think like all football fans are, uh, for this upcoming season.
0: I know. It, it. I love having this time where there's not much going on, where there's not too much to talk about, but I also equally am just as excited for yeah. training camp to get to Rochester, uh, to get to really start to see this roster take shape and take form. We've been talking so much about it in the last few weeks as we're doing previews for position groups, for players, for the team as a whole, it just gets you really ready to go for the end of July, which, you know, it's like a month away at this point, we'll be in training camp which is a little bit wild to think about.
1: I know and I think Pittsburgh is an awesome locale for the Bills training camp Um, and I'm someone that we get so many of those cold weather games in December into January now with the regular season being lengthened that those September nice weather 80 and 90 degree kind of feels like the surface of the sun sometimes Bills games are not that far away Um, it's always fun to stop out at training camp first The fact that there's only three preseason games I think is great compared to four in the past. And, again, we're not that far away from those nice weather games where at the beginning of the broadcast, um, whether it is on CBS or another network, they're not making a mention of it being cold and windy here in Orchard Park.
0: I know the NFL released uh, dates couple days ago for training camp report dates for each team uh, when the rookies report and when the veterans report. So the rookies for the Bills, they'll report on July 18th and the veterans will report on July 25th. I would assume the rookies will be here for a few days before they head to Rochester. I know they'll probably get there a few days before the vets get there, but it is right around the corner like you said. We've got a topic today. Our topic is based off a conversation that we had with Kevin Clark on yesterday's show, uh, where do you see the Bills' Super Bowl window? We asked him about, you know, what what the window for the Bills is, if he believes it's closing, if he believes it's wide open. And he said, this window is wide open as long as Josh Allen is your quarterback. So we want to ask you guys that question. How do you see this window right now for the Bills? Do you believe it's wide open? Do you believe that they they need to get it done in the next couple of years? Is it a little little bit smaller um, than maybe wide open? And there was an article that came out this past week on NFL.com from Dan Hansis, and it kind of goes along with this topic that we'll be talking about today, and it was the urgency meter for teams. And guess who was number one on the urgency (laughs) meter? Urgency meter to win a Super Bowl, to, to meet, Meet the expectations that your team has. The Bills, urgency meter, number 10, as high as you can get. Number two, the New York Jets, 9.8. And number three, the Philadelphia Eagles were 9.6. Urgency meter, number 10, I want to ask you, do you believe that that's a fair assessment of where the Bills are at?
1: I think they're elite uh, in the urgency meter that they should be near the top. Would I unequivocally put them 10 out of 10? Uh, Probably not. I think, and I said this to you off the air, that I think if Josh Allen was 36, 37, close to 40 years old, that this is his last hurrah, then yes, 10 out of 10. But like Kevin Clark said yesterday very astutely, as long as Josh Allen is the Bills quarterback, I know Joe Burrow and some of the the Cincinnati Bengals said that earlier this offseason, that when they have their quarterback that's healthy, whether it's Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, those three to me are the three elite quarterbacks in the NFL. As long as they are on the field, the Bills' Super Bowl window is open. The Bengals, the Chiefs, same thing. Uh, there's a lot of differences that can take shape with the roster, with who your elite receiver is, who your elite edge rusher is. Do you have more homegrown talent or more free agent talent? That's going to change a lot over the next three to five to seven years. Josh Allen's only entering his age 27 season. He just turned 27. He's still young. And a, a, a Bills-related point to this Jim Kelly's first season in Buffalo, he was 26. Remember those
0: few few
1: seasons with the Houston Gamblers of the defunct USFL (laughs) at the time? Uh, And and so his second season, he was 27 years old. This is going to be Josh Allen's sixth season. It's wide open. I think urgency-wise, there's some other teams. I think if the Cincinnati Bengals uh, don't get back to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, which I believe was the criteria was to actually win a Super Mm -hmm. Bowl right? for this urgency meter, The Cincinnati Bengals would have, yes, they would have been able to hang their hat on that one Super Bowl appearance, and they got close. They lost in a one-score game to the Rams, but then suddenly Joe Burrow's uh, contract extension becomes a big talking point. T. Higgins, his contract extension is already a a major talking point, and you certainly have Jamar Chase, who's going to want and probably get a huge deal as well. So I I think it's easy to kind of be in this Bills bubble. But you have to think of the other teams in this loaded AFC, maybe some NFC teams, Mm -hmm. the Cowboys as well, uh, that certainly have a very high urgency meter um, at this point. So the Bills should be up there. I just don't know if I would put them – at a 10. number 10 because Josh Allen's 27 years old.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think for an exercise like this, like you brought up the Bengals, you have to look at other teams as well because mm-hmm. the Bills are not alone in, in the fact that there's some urgency to the season that they're about to play in come September. Of course, there's urgency because of the roster that this team has, but I think you have to break it down in, okay, the roster makeup that you have, the coaching staff that you have, The division that you're playing in. Talk about the division first. I mean, the division has only gotten harder for this Bills team. They've won the AFC East the last three years in a row, and – some people are, are ready to crown them as, as a four-time division champion, but you talk to somebody else, and it seems like it's almost split as, no, this is, this is the Jets' year to take the AFC East, or no, this is the Dolphins' year to yeah. win the division because they've had a good team last few years, and now they have Vic Fangio calling their defense, and, and they have the offenses, offensive pieces, and, and Tua's learning these things so he's not going to take as many hits this year, or, or hey, the Jets have Aaron Rodgers, and, and they, they have some offensive weapons, now and they have this incredible defense that they're going to be able to put out there again for another year. Um, It's not as easy to win in the AFC East. So your road to the playoffs, your road to winning the division gets tougher. I believe the urgency is there for them. The the urgency to win your division, which is the first thing that's always their their first goal is win your division, and then then the road to the playoffs is open for you. So to do that, you got to win your division. If you don't, it gets a little bit harder for you. Um, so Sean McDermott had a quote I can't remember if it was at the end of the season in the off season, where he said, "Yeah, the division has gotten a lot tougher. You you could say that that we missed our window there because the fact of." the division status right now with where the Dolphins sit, with where the Jets sit, um, the Patriots not as much, but you can never count out Bill Belichick and what he's able to do. Um, Do you agree, though, the status of the division is just like – The AFC West last year, and we've talked about this the last couple days on the show, that was the division that was like, this is going to be a gauntlet. These teams are going to beat each other up and eat each other. And who knows who's going to be the the champion or the division? division winner and it didn't end up being that way but I really see it being that way for the AFC East this year
1: yeah it's certainly on paper a much more challenging division and I think what that all that does is sharpen the Bills focus Mm -hmm. to use a golf analogy it's kind of like you have a wide open par four that's bombs away you can hit it anywhere and a lot of those times you don't hit your best shot because you're not as focused. When you have that narrow drive that you have to hit it right down the middle. A lot of times you actually hit your better shot there because you have to be zeroed in on your mechanics and all the little things that make a good golf swing. I think that's kind of the same with the bills where it's not to the point where, Hey, chalk up, you know, both games against the Dolphins, Josh Allen, to have a huge game. They're going to win both those games. The Jets are down. The quarterback play is bad. They're going to win both those games, pencil those in as Ws. That's not the case anymore. Right. So I think that helps the Bills, maybe even in some of those other games against the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Bengals, that they've had those other six games against More difficult opponents where they have to be very focused and do all the little things right to win those contests.
0: That's true. It gets you ready playing against really good teams in your division. um, You don't get better
1: playing worse teams. Yeah, no. You improve as a unit, as an offense, as a defense, coaching game management by facing better competition yeah
0: and they'll get to do that all season long they're facing the afc east they'll see the chiefs again they'll see some really good teams that they're going to play throughout the regular season another factor is the roster that you have um the makeup of this roster I think Brandon Bean has done an incredible job this season really padding the depth on this roster Um, I think you you saw that in the addition of of Puna Ford to the defensive line of um, David Edwards and Connor McGovern to the offensive line Um, the running back room we've talked about that the last couple days is just like amazes me at how they're going to figure out who belongs in that room because you have James Cook, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, and Latavius Murray. I don't know how I could eliminate one of those guys. So maybe they'll roll with four running backs on the 53-man roster. (laughs) You also have to think about Reggie Gilliam, also the fullback on the roster. I don't see them parting ways with him because of the way that he's used in the offense. The fact that he's the only fullback on the roster as well – but I think the way that this team went through it last year with the wear and tear on, on bodies and, and how you saw guys get down to or you saw the team get down to their, you know, third string, fourth string players at time times, I think this year they've really um reinsured that depth. They've re upped that depth with a lot of familiar faces, but they also bring in some new talent who, who can go through the grind of a season and hopefully come out in the playoffs as a much healthier team. And if not, Hey, you've got the depth there to help you
1: from your point. I think what Brandon Bean has done or what Brandon Bean has done very good um, in terms of building this roster is learning from the previous year, mm-hmm. two years ago uh, in that game against the chiefs in the playoffs, he felt like the bills were getting close, but just couldn't get there. He, he, Signs Von Miller last season. Like you mentioned, they were down to third and fourth string safeties with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer missing either the whole season, pretty much with Micah Hyde or with Jordan Poyer always banged up. Never really a hundred percent signs Taylor Rapp, who a lot of people thought was going to be a big ticket item. Ultimately was signed like on the third week of free agency, second or third week to a low level deal. The defensive line dealt with a bunch of injuries. It was kind of came to a head in that playoff loss to the Cincinnati Bengals adds Putin ford up front i think he's learned and i'm from,
0: forgetting leonard floyd was and getting huge leonard name. floyd
1: exactly <laughs> so i think what brandon bean it's just smart what he's done and that he's learned as he's gone along as a, a first-time gm which is what he is um hey this is what we didn't do well last year let's make sure that's not a problem in the coming years and depth i think was a problem last season that the bills at the top with their with Von Miller and with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and Josh Allen and Diggs they had probably the best if not one of the best top and talent rosters in football Last year, the running back room wasn't quite as deep. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, the offensive line, the safeties weren't quite as deep, and that's what they addressed this offseason.
0: Yeah, so I think it's going to be great through this for this team through this season. Hopefully, they're much healthier throughout the entirety of the season um, versus where they were at last year. And then I think another thing that you have to think about with the urgency meter is, is the contracts that these players are on, which kind of brings us to the question of where do you see Buffalo's Super Bowl window? Well, if you're looking at the current roster and you're looking at, I really I really go to the core guys on this squad. And if you're going to put an urgency meter up for the core guys on this roster who may not be around in five to ten years – I think the urgency meter goes up. You have your OGs that are still on the roster. I'm talking about the guys who walked in here on day one with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, or who were a part of the first two drafts. Your Jordan Poyers, your Micah Hydes, your Tremaine Edmonds is already out of the Mm -hmm. building. That was one of the OG type of guys on this roster. Your your Tredavious Whites, um, your Deion Dawkins, um, guys like that who, who, yes, they're getting older, um, but once contracts come up, can you afford some of these players are these players now getting too old in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer I would love for them to play for the next 15 years but that's just not going to happen um, so I think if if you want to do it with the with the roster that you have I think it needs to happen within the next couple seasons because if it doesn't I think the roster is going to start to look quite different. I don't think that'll change the fact that they still have a Super Bowl window because I do agree um, with what Kevin Clark said is if you have Josh Allen on your roster, you always have a chance. And Josh Allen is just going to continue to mature and improve in ways as he gets older and wiser. And I think if you're not going to have, you know, let's think five to 10 years, if, if Stefan Diggs has moved on to another team or if, or if some of your big weapons have moved on to different teams, maybe you can do more with less. Maybe the offense being simple is okay because Josh Allen is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, or maybe the defense has changed a little bit. Maybe you don't have the tandem of Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde back there, but it's okay because you have younger safeties who are better, um, not better, but you have younger safeties who who are better for that defense at the time that you're playing in it. You never know what's going to happen in the next five to seven years with this roster and the turnover that they're going to have but I think if you have Josh Allen there you have Brandon Bean adding to the roster and you have Sean McDermott coaching it I think you always have a chance because of what the three of them have done um, since all being together
1: yeah one final point on the urgency meter and then I'll touch on a lot of what you just said which was really good Um, I think urgency meter we don't really agree that it should be 10 out of 10 I think outside how the rest of the league views the Bills, if the Bills don't at least even get to a Super Bowl, I think there would be a lot of criticism. Like,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think Bills fans should brace themselves for that if the Bills don't ultimately get there. In terms of the Super Bowl window, and it's kind of what you touched on, but to expand on that, two points that I think are, are like really vital, that Brandon Bean, every GM, including Bean, will say the draft is the lifeblood of your roster. You want to have a lot of homegrown talent, whether it be – you know, a a lot of first round superstars or those key depth pieces from the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, But you're not going to always be able to draft extremely well. Mm -hmm. What's key for the bills is that Bean has shown a willingness to make that big splash on the veteran market. And he's been able to pull it off by trading for Stefan Diggs, by signing Von Miller when no one expected them to sign Von Miller. And in five to seven seasons, like you're saying, there could be a Joey Bosa might be up and done in, Um, like not ready to sign a, a, a third contract with the chargers, or there could be a lot of younger wide receivers who are getting up there 27, 28, the bills can make a trade for those players. So you have that kind of insulation where even if the drafts don't go extremely well, you have a GM and a lot of GMs are not willing to make those big moves. You have that with Brandon Bean. And one other quick point, the fact that Sean McDermott is a defensive minded coach and from his time in Philadelphia to Carolina, and certainly here in Buffalo, he's a, a time-tested, I think a brilliant defensive mind. He understands the evolution of the NFL offense. Um, the Bills have been a, a top five to top seven at worst defense almost every season in the key metrics. If in five to seven years, some of those drafts don't go well, and even if some of your free agent signees aren't amazing, you don't maybe have to be an offense that scores 30 points a game to win. You could kind of lean on your defense a little bit more because you have that guy at the helm who's now calling the plays on defense who's your head coach that can say hey look this year we're looking at our roster we're looking at our offense Stefan Diggs has retired we don't have that elite wide receiver let's try to win more games 21-17 so you kind of have the ebb and the flow or the ying and the yang of elite quarterback that keeps your offensive Super Bowl window open and a elite defensive-minded play caller. So I think those two pieces together really lengthen this Bill Super Bowl window out. It is certainly at the focal point, Josh Allen, that's the most central point. But those other key points with what Brandon Bean has shown a willingness to do and an ability to do, bringing in those veterans that you know are good. There's no projection. It's not projecting a 20-year-old rookie. It's, hey, you, you know Stephon Diggs is good. You know Von Miller is good. He will do that if it comes to it. And again, Sean McDermott's defensive brilliance will keep this team very well balanced, even if the offense in five to seven years isn't that elite group that it is today.
0: Yeah, and to that point of having an elite defensive-minded coach, I think about everybody who says, we need an offensive-minded coach. We need an offensive-minded coach with Josh Allen, because then you're going to get the most out of Josh Allen if you have an offensive guru calling the plays here or an offensive guru as the head coach of the Bills. Well you could flip it or here's how I kind of flip it in my mind is you already have Josh Allen. You have an elite talent there. You have a great play caller in Ken Dorsey, who I think is going to show big strides in year two, but regardless of who is calling the plays, you have Josh Allen. You have Josh Allen period. And with that, I think you can do a lot no matter who you are with a quarterback like Josh Allen or You don't have to do that much because you have a quarterback in Josh Allen. You can play some simple football because you have one of the best in the NFL. You're not going to completely twist and turn and change this offense because we know who Josh Allen is and we know why he is great and we know what makes him great. I don't think that takes an offensive guru um, to be able to or an offensive-minded head coach to be able to get the most out of Josh Allen because we, we already know. We already know what Josh needs. We already know when this offense looks best and and the reasons why it looks best because of who's on the roster, because of the plays that they're running, because of how they're using Josh Allen. So if you already have that part of the ball figured out, Why not do the best that you can on defense? And I think a defensive head coach gives you that um, because offenses are ever changing in the NFL as new quarterbacks come into the NFL, as as different wide receivers come into the, the NFL, as we've seen over the last five years in this change to pass heavy offenses the running backs aren't aren't as used as much depending on the team that you're a part of and the tight ends are now becoming this like secret weapon to some offenses and it might be the case for the Buffalo Bills this year with Dalton Kincaid but why wouldn't you want a defensive minded head coach who understands the evolution of the NFL as you said who knows how to who knows how to call things that will put offenses in positions where they can't succeed um, because you have a, a great mind and you have great players on defense. I would always want that on a team. Um, I wouldn't want to do away with the defense because I think that's a big identity of this group as a whole. Like you said, since 2017, if you go back the stats where they rank, I wrote the story when um, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean signed extensions a week ago, and in 20 since 2017, they rank number one in a few categories. I know one of those is passing touchdowns allowed and passer rating that's allowed. Huge. Number that's the one game in today. the NFL since 2017. They're able to shut that down. That is so important to a team's success and to a team making it to the Super Bowl.
1: And one point that I kind of want to touch on about even if you're a a skeptic of Ken Dorsey, you think he's too young, he wasn't great last year, the Bills were third in points per game last season. So that is kind of speaking to your point that even if you're watching the games and saying, you know, Ken Dorsey's not it, I don't like it, whatever – the Bills still almost scored 28 points per game and they allowed the fourth fewest points per game. So even if you didn't like Leslie Frazier, it was too, uh, you know, too conservative, not aggressive enough. They were still scoring a lot and not allowing a lot of points. So that again, yin and yang, that is why the Bills have been in this wide open Super Bowl window, not just because, Hey, they have a great offense, but they can't stop anyone or vice versa. And that's why I think the, Super Bowl window is not closing because you still have those key pieces, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, Chief among them in those key roles on this Bills team.
0: And then to your point with Brandon Bean, I not every GM acts as Brandon Bean acts. And the way that he's able to see down the road when it comes to salary cap, when it comes to moving things around, when it comes to making a big splash and signing Von Miller, but knowing what he has to do with with the salary cap, with salaries over the next five years, and being able to see that far, um, and being able to make adjustments like that when it comes to um, – changing up salaries for players when it comes to – seeing, hey, we have this much, let's sign a guy like Leonard Floyd because maybe he can help on the defensive line alongside Von Miller or alongside Greg Rousseau. I think it takes a very smart individual like Brandon Bean to be able to make decisions like that and not be afraid to spend money when you need to spend money on players like Von Miller and Stephon Diggs. Now, he's not the GM that's going to spend money on everybody. He's mm-hmm. he's smart with the way that he uses uh, the money available in terms of the salary cap, and and then he's also smart in the draft. He's not trading away draft picks. He's not doing uh, what a team did, like the L.A. Rams, who's saying, "Screw the picks. We're just going to go all in on the vet market." But then we're going to screw ourselves down the road because now we don't have anything, and now we don't have first round picks. He does a really good job of balancing out free agency and the importance of the NFL draft and and making it work together and also being able to make it work for five to 10 years down the road. There's GMs who lose their jobs because they can't figure that out. And he's figured it out year after year after year.
1: Yeah. Before we hit this break, I want to mention too, and I think it's important, the analytics department that the Bills have, one of the biggest, most robust in the league. That matters, too. When you're trying to compete with the Chiefs and the Bengals and all these really good teams, being near the top of the league in first down pass rate, that's huge. Being To to not try to get to second and eight, try to get that first down before third down, that's huge. The Bills have shown that they are among or at the top of the league in passing on first down, utilizing play action. I think they're going to use a lot more 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, and that has proven to be a better formation or personnel package to officially move the football. Sean McDermott went from a coach that was pretty tentative in those fourth down situations to one of the most aggressive fourth down decision makers in the NFL. That analytics department, kind of behind the scenes, we don't see or hear about them too much. That's another area where they're trying to get every advantage roster-wise, signing a Leonard Floyd for cheaper, a Damian Harris, a Taylor Rapp, but also during the games, Uh, with in-game management and deciding when and where and how to call specific plays. Yes, that comes from the offensive coordinator and Sean McDermott this season, but it really is rooted in the analytics department saying, hey, look, we're going to present to you coaching, like all of the coaches, hey, this is where you should ultimately make these decisions. And the Bills have really incorporated that as well as any other team in the NFL.
0: I think to that one quick point, it shows that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott aren't too proud exactly they're they're evolving yeah they're ready to evolve they're ready to change if something didn't go right this past season they're ready to correct it the next season and i think that shows you the type of people that we have in this building that we have here at one bills drive all right break time for us when we come back we'll deep in we'll dip into the tweet sheet how do you see the bills super bowl window you can tweet at us or give us a call at 803-0550 the phone lines are open for you we're one bills live presented by by Collider Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. We're back here on One Bills Live. We've got a fun topic today. Why not think all the way into February as we're at the end of June, how do you see the Bills' Super Bowl window? Is it wide open? Is it closing? Is it going to be wide open for the next 10 years? Do you think they need to win now? What do you think? Give us a call at 803-0550, or you can tweet at us. We'll start first here with Mark. And Mark says, this is a Super Bowl or bust year. Bean has improved every position group with free agency and the draft. The only question is linebacker. We have all the assets to bring home a championship. If not now, then when?
1: Yeah, thank you, Mark. This is a perfect jumping off point to something that I wanted to talk about coming in here today, that the improvement – Every position in terms of in some spots, the top end talent and most of them, the depth that is, I think you cannot argue it. It's unequivocal. He mentions linebacker being the only one, obviously going from Tremaine Edmonds uh, to a bunch of, you know, younger pieces that are unproven. That is the one spot where you're like, hey, that's a question mark. But the running back position is unequivocally deeper for sure. Offensive and defensive lines. Uh, Last year, you had some pieces up front, especially Von Miller, You know, Mitch Morse is there, Deion Dawkins on the offensive side. I don't think you could get anyone to agree to say, hey, they're not quite as deep this Mm -hmm. year. They're certainly uh, much deeper. And then the defensive back room to go from all the uncertainty of when is Tredavious White going to return? Are you going to start Kyer Elam? Are you going to start Christian Benford, a sixth rounder, which they ultimately did, to now Tredavious White is well removed from that ACL injury. Christian Benford was hurt last year, but he got that very valuable experience. Mm -hmm. Kyer Elam down the stretch played like a first-rounder. You signed Taylor Rapp, again, who we thought was going to be this three-year, $20 million safety, and they got him on the cheap. Uh, You signed Cam Dansler that has made plays early in his career in Minnesota. That room is unequivocally deeper. So I can see where Mark is coming from, where it's like Super Bowl or bust, because this is a roster that is – unequivocally better from one of the best rosters a season ago I think again at the end and we are starting to see some of this from some uh outside media that hey the Bills were really banged up they played one bad playoff game in a blizzard and everyone wanted to say that you know what's wrong in Buffalo they were second in point differential last season 100 plus 169 points but The roster is better, which it seemed like a pretty challenging task to make it better. I think it certainly is. So if you're thinking that, Mark, or if you just believe what Mark does, you're not crazy because this is, I think, the best roster in the NFL.
0: And there was so much hype for this team going into last season and rightfully so. Yeah, it for was sure. like, okay, it's the it's Buffalo's time to win this one and then a lot of things happened during the season. Like you said, one bad playoff game, maybe not maybe not the best um weather to play in, and but they were banged up. And they were banged up. They yeah. were so banged up. But then you add to the roster, and I agree. I think the the roster that they have this year is better than last year's, and the hype is just – gone away. It's not there anymore for this team. There is a little bit of hype of course because they're a playoff contender, Super Bowl contender for sure, but all the hype, at least in the AFC East, is going to the New York Jets, which I am fine with. You can get the hype. This team loves to be underdogs. There'll be a little bit of that this season, a little bit more than they were last season. I I think one position group that I'm really interested to see how it pans out is the wide receivers room Mm. because there are so many new faces in the wide receivers room this season. I mean, You say bye to familiar faces like Isaiah McKenzie and Jay Kumoro, and and I know Cole Beasley was on the roster for just a little bit last year, same as John Brown, but it'll be interesting to see the turnover with with what they do, how they use these guys. We know Stephon Diggs will be in the fold. We know Gabe Davis will be in the fold. Hopefully he'll have a better season since he – knock on wood is not going to be dealing with any injuries like he had that ankle sprain last year but Deontay Hardy I think can add Trent Sherfield definitely can it'll be interesting to see how they use Justin Shorter can Khalil Shakir take another step forward um, in year two in the NFL so I think that's alongside the linebackers group the wide receivers room I'm like man I want to look into like I want to look into the future to see what this group is going to look like, and to see how they use all of these guys. Because it's also going to be hard to make some roster decisions decisions too um, for that room. Maybe they decide to keep an, an extra wide receiver just like maybe they decide to keep an extra running back on the 53-man squad.
1: Yeah, two specific players that I want to highlight from that wide receiver room. I was a big fan of Khalil Shakir coming out of Boise State as a draft guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've, I've harped on this, that I think the Bills need to be drastically better in yards after the catch. They were 32nd in the league in yards after the catch per reception in 2021, and they improved last year to 31st. So I think they need to be better in that regard. The scheme is a little different than Kansas City and Philadelphia, but I think Shakir, his contact balance, his vision, his cutting ability in space, that was like a plus to his game coming out of Boise State, watching all of that film. So I think he can be that guy. And then Justin Shorter, I think you mentioned about Gabe Davis, that he was dealing with that ankle injury last season, didn't play up to, I think was unfair hype, coming off the 13-second game with four (laughs) four touchdowns, touchdowns 200 yards. Justin Shorter, even though he's a rookie, he's not perfect. He's not going to give you Stefan Diggs-level separation. He's not going to give you Khalil Shakir yards after the catch. He's not going to be Cole Beasley. But I think he can be someone that plays that Gabe Davis role if Gabe Davis does have a naggy, nagging injury again or the Bills aren't just liking how he's producing. He was You know, a big-time recruit. We heard about all that after the draft. He is a down-the-field, vertical, go-route, post-route wide receiver that is 6'5", 230 pounds, has that build-up speed, not a lot of burst. I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of the same deal Mm -hmm. with Gabe Davis. So I think there was a reason, there was kind of a uh, very specific reason why the Bills drafted Justin Shorter where you could say, hey, there was probably four or five other more complete wide receivers on the board when they picked him. But if you're looking for insurance for Gabe Davis or an heir apparent to Gabe Davis, that can be Justin Shorter. He can get down the football field.
0: Getting more depth for this team in case some of your starters go down. That's something that Brandon Bean has definitely done this offseason through the draft and through free agency. We've got a caller hanging on the line. Mm. It's Robert from Amherst. So let's get to Robert from Amherst. You're on with us now. Hey, Robert, what do you think of the Bills Super Bowl window?
1: I think the Super Bowl window is as long as our quarterback, Josh Allen, stays healthy and the length of his career. Uh, The same thing was asked about a week or two ago to Cincinnati, and the answer from the Bengals was the length of Joe Burrow's career. Uh, The the window is not just one season or one set of drafts. It's as long as you have a top playoff quarterback, you can keep bringing in receivers. You can keep bringing in defensive players until you get the right combination and the right thing happens in the playoffs. If you make the playoffs every single year and you do it for 10 years, you're likely to strike it once.
0: It'll happen. Awesome. That's all I got. Thank you so much for the call, Robert. We appreciate it and spot on with what we were thinking as well. It's, it's as long as you've got Josh Allen as your quarterback. And just like he said, you can add more weapons to the wide receivers room. You can add more weapons to offense. You can add more guys on defense, but the most important piece is there.
1: And with Josh Allen too, he's, I mean, we all understand that quarterback is the most valuable position on the football field. I think to branch that out into the impact, the ripple effect that he has, he's a player that makes everyone around him better. Mm -hmm. Isaiah McKenzie was a street-free agent who was mostly a punt returner, and he became – I know he didn't play as well as the Bills were hoping and a lot of the fans were, but that 100-yard game two years ago in New England late in the season, that was – you know with no Cole Beasley on the field, uh, that was huge. I think – Someone like Deontay Hardy, who's flashed but has been injured. Trent Sherfield, who's always been like a number four, number five receiver. Don't be surprised if they have, maybe not this year, but in their time in Buffalo, have career seasons because of the guy who's throwing them the football.
0: Yeah, definitely. Andrew says, well, they have to stay healthy the whole season, and they have to have a steady game plan for each game. If they do that, their chances of hitting the Super Bowl are great. If not, always next year. Yeah, health is something that you can't predict. You hope it's going to be on your side. It wasn't last season for the Bills. If you look beyond last season, um, 2020 and 2021 were healthy years for the Bills. 2022, last year, not so much. I don't know. I just think like – You've already had that season last year. It can't happen (laughs) two years in a row.
1: And in the NFL, it's like you can't obviously, like no one can predict injuries. They're going to happen. Like you said, in in 2020, 2021, the Bills were very healthy. I think the strength and conditioning staff has done a good job and Mm -hmm. the overarching philosophy of being very precautious with injuries and not rushing guys back onto the field to get re-injured. That's a key core philosophy that I think has helped the bills in the Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean era stay very healthy. Last year though, I think it wasn't even just that they were banged up. It was the really key pieces, especially on defense went down to lose Micah Hyde in the second week of the season to have Jordan Poyer out the defensive lineman, obviously Von Miller You're going to have injuries. It's just the Bills need to have better luck with hey, if we have some injuries, maybe it's our number four corner or our backup linebacker, not Von Miller and our all-pro safety like Micah Hyde.
0: Yeah, a couple games here and there. Not it's like, who gets injured. Not like the whole season, yeah. not the last six games of the season. And then you had guys like Gabe Davis who, who maybe just missed one game, but then you're dealing with an ankle injury mm-hmm. for four games. And, and, you know, there were a lot of big names who dealt with stuff, even if they weren't out for the entire season like Micah Hyde. And, and the last half of the season, like Von Miller was – Uh, Ed says it's wide open as long as we have a healthy Josh Allen as captain and McDermott and Bean are steering the ship. Yes, that is what we've been saying as well. Ryan says window question mark. We're going to have a generation of fans blessed to have had a perennial contender for the championship drought survivors rejoice and enjoy the ride.
1: (laughs) There's one point to that that I want to make that's such a great point from him is that for as much as me growing up here in Western New York, I have the Zubaz pants. My dad has all the, you know, 90s Super Bowl sweatshirts. It was kind of getting to the point where, like, being 25 to 30 years removed from that, it was almost not silly to wear it. I'm a big Mm -hmm. nostalgic guy, but I remember one of my uncles texting me when the Bills won that first AFC East title in 2020 and 25 years that he said that he realized that this Bills team finally arrived because when that happened, when they clinched, They certainly mentioned that it hadn't happened since 1995, but they weren't just referencing Andre Reid and Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas throughout that broadcast, that this is the new era. So it's like the drought survivors can certainly rejoice, but now a new generation of Bills fans can not just be clinging to, you know, Super Bowl 25 and 26 and those four straight AFC titles. It's a new era that we don't always have to just cling to what happened, which is now, you know, 30, 35 years ago.
0: You can cling to the present now. Yes. And then Jeremy says, It's wide open as long as number 17 is behind center. I just hope to find our missing link and have it filled. Whatever that may be, whether it's a coaching disconnect or players on the field, either way, 17 gives us the best chance. That's an interesting point. Is there a missing link Mm. to this team? Or has the missing link, maybe it's on the team, it just hasn't been figured out yet who that key piece is, who that unsung hero is, who that X factor will be this year on offense or defense. Maybe that just hasn't revealed itself yet.
1: Yeah. and, And I think, again, that goes back to depth that if you're speaking on that to last season to say, hey, what went wrong? Where was that missing piece? It was that lack of depth that was just not there. That when Daquan Jones, when I saw him on that inactive list right before like oh, gosh. healthy scratch, it was like, man, they're going to be starting back. a practice squad defensive lineman to face Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Yes, they were down some offensive linemen as well, but the pass rush was a little bit mitigated because of the pretty, I thought, severe snow that was falling in Orchard Park that day, uh, that again, that's where Brandon Bean said, hey, we can't go into a situation. Maybe you can beat a middle-of-the-road team. Maybe even you can beat one of the better teams um, when you don't have a ton of depth. But once you get into the playoffs and you're facing an elite team with a quarterback that's been to a Super Bowl, you need to have that depth. So I think the Bills are more equipped to, if they have that missing piece, that the next person up is not asking someone that is a low end of the roster player to have the game of his life against Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Aaron Rodgers in the Jets or Justin Herbert on the Chargers. And that's really important because of the length of the season and how much um, of an arduous long journey it is to go from, you know, Labor Day weekend all the way until, you know, the second or third week in January when those playoffs start, it's a long road. And then you're getting all the way into February. It's really a war of attrition to stay healthy and to again, have those depth pieces. I always say you can tell how good a roster is by not even just the, the, the top end pieces, How is the bottom of the roster? Mm -hmm. Where is that? And I think the Bills have raised the floor of the bottom of the roster. Yeah,
0: I think that's a great point. And great points from the tweet sheet as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to close up shop here at One Bills Live. We're presented by Clyde Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. All right. we wanted to get into a little bit of NFL news and notes. We'll go around the NFL presented by Kaleida Health. And first up is we knew that there were a few players that violated the gambling policy. So some names have came out on that. Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry from the Colts and then former Lions defensive tackle Demetrius Taylor have all been suspended indefinitely through at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games. Uh, Rogers and Berry were waived by the Colts today, and then Titans offensive tackle Nicholas Petit Frere was also suspended for six games for betting on non-NFL sports at the team facility. Other news is the Patriots have signed a couple players to extensions. Um, They've reached a new three-year $33 million deal with wide receiver Devontae Parker, according to reports, as well as Jawan Bentley signing an extension as well. What do you think about those two guys being in, in New England for a little bit longer
1: yeah quick scouting reports Devontae Parker does not get open very much he's not a separator but he did have that big touchdown Mm kind of diving in the end zone that's his game it's kind of weird a weird fit that's really usually not what New England likes to do and Juwan Bentley um, is that classic Bill Belichick overhang linebacker not surprised that either of these two um, were extended because the Patriots just need weapons on offense
0: yeah also, former NFL pass rusher J.J. Watt is making the move to the CBS studio He's as an now, analyst. Kind of. yeah. wow. Oh, He's look at colleague. you. You got JJ Watt <laughs> as a counterpart to what you do. All right, tomorrow we've got Marcellus Wiley who will be joining us on the show. We're also going to be back to a 2-hour show tomorrow, Woo-hoo. so our full-time length. We're looking forward to forward to seeing you tomorrow on Friday as we close out the week. We hope you guys have a good rest of your day. We will see you tomorrow. Woo-hoo.